Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. My name is Pastor Matt McClory. I'm so glad you could take the time to listen to this message. Resurrection Sunday morning, 2018. Someone asked me the other day, I said, are oh, you nervous about preaching this Sunday? And I said, what do you mean? How could I be nervous about preaching on Sunday morning? If this, this Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, preaches itself. Almost don't need to prepare. Just kidding. Of course I prepared. Of course I studied. But Resurrection Sunday is incredible. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open with me? We're going to read some of the words that our Lord and Savior spoke. You can open with me to John chapter 11. But he says this, this is a conversation that he has with Martha. And he says this in verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he die. Live. And everyone, you should underline everyone, who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. Everybody say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Lord, we just thank you this morning, Father, for the power of your word. Father, we thank you this morning that it has the potential and the power to when we engage with your word, Lord, it can change our lives. It can shape us, it can mold us, it can direct us in a certain path. Holy Spirit, we ask you this morning to speak to us through this message. In Jesus' name, and the church said together, Amen. Amen. This isn't recorded anywhere else. A lot of people don't know that, the miracle of Lazarus. A lot of people just assume it's in every other gospel, but it's actually only in John's gospel. John's gospel is not a synoptic gospel, and synoptic simply means essentially the same. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic gospels, but John's written much, much later and records some amazing things like what we read about in John chapter 11, where Jesus himself says to Martha, who was, as she was speaking to Jesus, she's quoting Daniel, I think it's chapter 9, where he, she's talking about the resurrection of the dead one day. The resurrection of the dead, those who lay in the dust, the scriptures say. One day those people will be raised. But Jesus makes it personal. He says, I'm the resurrection. I'm the resurrection. You're looking at the resurrection right now. I'm the resurrection. But he says this, I'm the resurrection and the life. And it says, and whoever believes in me will never die. And so I just want to preach this morning on resurrection life. See, these words uttered by our Lord, it's what Easter is all about. Even though our world would love to make Easter some kind of seasonal segue, some kind of juncture that we go through as it goes from somewhere that's different seasonally to a new place and it feels a little different, our world, the world that we live in would love to keep this as surface level as possible would love to keep resurrection life off the table and just keep whatever's on the surface on the table and just keep us from from diving deeper into the things of God. And that's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants us to not dive deeper. The enemy wants us to stay on the surface level. The enemy wants us to keep us, to keep us as far away from the truth as possible. It's not even a cultural thing. Culture in America is you get together with the family and you go to church on Easter. And that's great. But Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. 
And so I just wanted to put this purposeful statement up on the screen about what resurrection life is this, and it's simple. A resurrected Christ equals resurrection life. It equals a life which is alive. The power of the cross and the resurrection is what activates our faith. And I pray for us as believers that we would never miss the true impact of the cross. I pray we'd never forget the, uh, the events of Friday, the magnitude of what Friday meant on every level, on every single level. I know deep down in my heart that Sunday is not possible without Friday. Sunday is not possible without Friday, which Scripture describes as Christ's passion, that he passionately went to the cross. Don't for a moment, again, let the enemy tell you that Jesus begrudgingly went to the cross or that he somehow just you know, happened to, to be part of a sequence of events. No, it was prophesied in Scripture, but it was Christ's passion. I love this saying. I can't even remember where it came from, so I'm going to steal it for myself. But this saying that it wasn't Roman nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was his perfect love that held him to the cross. It was his passion. But you cannot understand Sunday unless you have a a full glimpse of Friday's events. But he didn't just purchase forgiveness on Friday. Sunday means that he walks triumphant. And victorious. Isn't that amazing? Can I get an amen in the house for that? But see, it meant something had to happen. Jesus had to do something. And we read about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I think we're going to put that up on the screen as well. In the the ESV, it says this. And this is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. He says, From now on, therefore we regard no one according to the flesh. For even though we once regarded Christ to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Resurrection life. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Not the other way around. He was reconciling himself, the world to himself, not the other way around. Another cultural phenomenon, another, another thing that the, the, the enemy would love to do is that somehow that God was sitting on the sidelines and hoping for the right moment, just hoping for the right moment I might capture their attention. No, God is God. He is first. Whether we have him first in our life or we don't, he's still first. He's still in first place. And it says that God was reconciling the world to himself. Not the other way around. Sorry, I got off track for a moment. Not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And verse 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Or in other words, God made Jesus to become sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. i got three things for us this morning, three points for us this morning about resurrection life, and the first is this. He became so we could become. Listen to it again. It said, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become. 
we might become. We might become the righteousness of God. What does that mean? The righteousness of God means in some amazing way, grace. That's what grace is. That somehow, some way, some incredible way, we have been reconciled to God. In Christ, we have become acceptable to God. We have become pleasing to God. We have become in an acceptable state to be presented to God. The righteousness of God for those who are in Christ. So point number one, he became so we could become. You know, this summertime is coming and it's come, it feels like it's coming quick, but I feel like the seasons right now are a little bipolar. It's like one day it's hot, next day it's cold. But I'm slowly, but by slowly, a lot of you are probably doing your spring cleaning in the yard, getting everything ready. We have a pool in our backyard, so I've been laboriously getting that pool ready. And if you don't have a screen enclosure on your pool, I'm suffering with you. Those demonic oak blossoms that fall in my pool, I'm out there every day suffering for the Lord, scooping them up, feeling sorry for myself, as you can tell. But summer's coming, and no doubt this summer my pool will become the pinnacle of my children's lives, and they'll be in there every single day. Praise God for buying a house with a pool. But they'll be in there every single day. And see, last year I got, I got three children, and, and my oldest, Maisie, she's an amazing swimmer. She, you know, no problems with her at all. She just goes for it, swims all day. It's all fine. But my two sons, the, the youngest one, he's not, he's not there yet. He's still too little. But the, my middle son, Jack, Last year, it was like, I just knew this was the year, you know, like this, you just have that feeling, you know, this is the season. I just know he's going to get it. He's going to get it this season. I just know he's going to start swimming by himself and not going to have to worry too much. I'm not going to have to, you know, be just checking on him all the time. And even though I do check on my kids when they're in the pool all the time, okay, don't freak out. But early in the season, before he'd really started to get into it. I remember walking outside with him and he was going to go for a swim and he was just, he wasn't in yet, but I was walking about five feet behind him. He was walking along the pool deck and just like that, he, sl- he slipped in. He slipped in the pool in the deep end, right in front of me and it reminded me of just how quickly it happens. It reminded me of just how quickly it happens and I swear it was half a second and I was in that pool with my boots on, my jeans on, my phone was in my pocket. <laughs> I was in there. And I scooped him up and I threw him on the pool deck and it was all over in a matter of two seconds. But you know, I wasn't thinking for a moment what I had to become to rescue him. I wasn't thinking for a moment what was going to happen to me. Jesus, and I know it's a simple metaphor, but Jesus needed to rescue us. He needed to become something so that we could become. So that we could become the righteousness of God. And so the rescue took place. So the first point is he became so we would have. He became so we would benefit. He became what he needed to become to make it all possible. Friends, can I encourage you this morning? It all hinges on resurrection life. It all hinges on resurrection life. If, if it didn't, we'd have a powerless Christianity. A powerless Christianity. There would be no power in it. So it says that he needed to be, become so we could become. But I wonder what will become of you this morning. I wonder what will become of you. They say, I wonder what will be said of a person. They wonder what will be said of someone. But I would encourage us to forget about what people say. But who are we becoming? Who are we becoming when it relates to God? Who are we becoming when it comes to a world being reconciled to himself? 
Who cares what people say? Who are we truly becoming? We have to become the righteousness of God, and it's all because of what Jesus did for us. Point number two, he lived so that we could live. He became so we could become, but he also lived so we could live. Again, in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. He lived among the people of earth. Even if you don't believe in the resurrection, even if you're not there yet, it's historical fact Jesus was on the earth. He lived because he wanted to get down on your level. He lived because he wanted to understand. And he wanted you to know, more importantly, that he understood. He understood. He lived because he wanted to also show us how to truly live. How to truly live. With heaven and eternity and eternal life as our background, if you can think about a a runway of going straight up in front of you, heaven and eternity and communion with the Father is always in the foreground as a Christian. It's always in the foreground. And I feel like when we understand resurrection life, we seem to think that's okay and it's great and I'm pumped. But you know that when we're right here, doing our life right here, we can live a great life too. See, we get to live now and forever. And I just love that because in John chapter 10, verse 10, again, this is only John who records it. He says, the thief, he comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come so they would have life and life abundantly. So we get to party later and we get to party now. Come on, somebody. It's sad today, even today, 2018, you see Christians occasionally walking around with this, yeah, I'm saved mentality, but I'm going to restrict myself. Well, sorry, a saved spirit, but a restricted mentality. But somehow I need to like compress everything. And somehow I need to suppress everything. And somehow this life that I'm living, it's just like, man, I'm just going to struggle my way through. But then I'll be in eternity. No, Jesus lived so that we could truly live. Jesus lived so we would know what it looks like to live in the fullness of life. So we would know what it looks like to experience healing. So we would know what it looks like to walk in freedom. He lived so that we could also live. You know, living is all about going from glory to glory, from strength to strength, walking in victory. You think about glory to glory, if I could just simplify it. Glory now and glory in heaven. Strength now and strength in heaven. Don't tell me I've got to live a boring life. Don't tell me that I've got to live small and unsure and uncertain and allowing doubt to creep in, allowing uncertainty to get the better of me. No, don't tell me that. Jesus didn't die for that. He wasn't raised again for that type of mentality or that type of mindset. He was raised because he wanted us to live a life of freedom. He wanted us to live a life knowing that we know that we know that we have life now and we have life forever. So he became so we could become. He lived so that we could live. Number three this morning, he rose that we could also rise. See, the thing I love about Resurrection Sunday is it truly means two things. Resurrection life now and resurrection life for eternity. Resurrection life now means I go from death to life 
I, tr- I pass over that place. Death simply is the, is the, the equal effect or the, the byproduct of this world. The wages of sin are what? Death. So we live and we open ourselves up when we, sorry, when we, when we first come into this world, we are in a sin nature. But we get to pass from death into life. But resurrection life means not just now, but forever as well. That we could become, that we could have resurrection life, that we would truly possess it, that we would get to have it, that we would receive it, that we would understand that it's just a gift. See, the thing about grace, grace in its, its, its definitive state is the favor of God. It's the favor of God, unmerited favor. That's resurrection life. It means I get to live now, and it means that I get to live forever. So you think about Easter, and I'm very aware of this on Easter Sunday as a pastor. I, you get the impression that some people just go through the, the routine and the obligation. Just say, yeah, I'll show up to Easter. I'll get together with my family. Or... There's all kinds of reasons that people do it. There's all kinds of reasons that people do it. It's because maybe it's because someone expects you to be there. Or if someone says, oh, you should be there, so you live under that, that obligation. Or maybe it's just because you simply think, well, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do if I just go to church on Easter. But you know, God wants us to be followers. God wants us to be intricately involved. God wants us to be up close and personal with Him. See, God is not a distant God. I think if there's one thing that religion's done, it's tried to put out there that it's a broadcast and you have to keep your distance. It's a broadcast and, yeah, we can tell you about it, but you've got to keep your distance. That's what religion says. You go over there and you do everything right. You make sure you've done everything right. You make sure that you've got everything lined up. But don't for a moment get too close. <laughs> don't, get, don't for a moment come too close. I actually think it's the complete opposite. I actually think you you need to get nothing right and come close. Get nothing right and come close because we serve a come-as-you-are God. We are a come-as-you-are church. And that's what the church is supposed to be. You know, Peter, the Apostle Peter, like the Peter, Saint Peter, (laughs) like the guy, they call him the pillar of the church. It says that after he denied Jesus three times, after the, the rooster crowed, after every, the, the, I mean, could you imagine the guilt and the shame and the regret having spent years with Jesus? And then to, 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 to see the fulfillment of that prophecy when Jesus said, you will deny me three times. But it was Peter who shortly after they took him away and they were leading him off to the high priest's house. It was Peter, it says, that he followed at a distance. He followed at a distance. He wasn't close up. He was following at a distance. I wonder if you're following God at a distance. I wonder when it comes to your relationship with God and Easter Sunday comes along, I wonder if you would put yourself in that category. That really, if, if, if I'm honest with myself, I'm just following God at a distance. The thing that I think the resurrection proved to Peter was this thing was for real. This thing is for real. I can live, I was up close and personal with Jesus. I was right there in the boat with Jesus. And something happened in Peter's life. Something changed in Peter's life because we learn about in the New Testament that it was Peter that rises up with boldness and preaches the word of God. It's Peter 
that declares that these people are not drunk on the day of Pentecost. This is the Holy Spirit. He gave legitimacy to God's Spirit. This is Peter. They say that when his shadow passed, people would try to get in his shadow to receive healing. This is a guy who used to follow at a distance. This is a guy who was unsure. This is a guy that denied Jesus. I don't know about you, friends, but that gives me hope today. That gives me hope today, 2018, that God still wants us to come close no matter what we've done. Team, you can come back up. We can follow at a distance. or We can come up close. And maybe you're in church today just to hear those words. Come close. Come close. See what it's all about. Don't let routine and obligation and somebody's expectation rule your own spiritual life. We need to be the type of people that when it comes to following Jesus, we move closer. And I'm praying today, 2018, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, that in some way, Every single person that walks in the doors of this church, it's an armory today, but it's actually a church, walks in the doors today, we'll just go a little bit closer. We'll just move a little bit closer. That won't follow at so much of a distance anymore, like we see Peter did when he was going with Jesus, following at a distance. No, we just go a little bit closer. Would you stand with me this morning? You received that word. You receive that word, Resurrection Sunday morning, church. In a moment, I'm going to pray, but I would love for you this morning just to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? Just ask the Holy Spirit. We're going to, work, we're going to have a worship song in a moment. We're going to continue to worship for just a little bit a moment, but I would love as we worship just to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Lord, we just thank you this morning, Father, for resurrection life. And even though we don't get it all right all the time, even though we don't get everything in place all the time, Lord, I just thank you this morning, Father, for resurrection life. Lord, I just thank you this morning that everything changed, Father. Everything changed on that Sunday and we no longer had to follow at a distance, but because of Jesus, we could come close. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the price you paid. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray it bless you greatly. Please visit us at www.colonialchurch.life for more.